I, I couldn't turn off the volume. You know, I couldn't. I, I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. Seriously, like. Hello and welcome to Balancing the Hats. It's a place where we come and we share the stories of men and women about their joys and successes as they go through their daily routines of managing multiple tasks on a regular basis. We'll talk about their highs, their lows, their successes, their failures, and also discuss the things that we wish they knew. Joining us today, we have Indra Denise, and Indra is a songwriter, a singer-songwriter. She's a blogger. She has her own podcast here in Barbados. It's it's joywithin.com, where she reaches readers from 25 destinations, and she was featured on the top 30 Caribbean blogs by Feedspot. She is an amazing lady, full of energy, and she's currently working on her EP and coaching clients as well. She speaks Spanish quite fluently, I must add, and she's also half Trini. I didn't know that. <laughs> Thanks for joining Hi. us. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know you were half Trini. Yep. A lot of people don't. <laughs> but my mom is Trini. And okay. So that's, yeah. so that's good to know. <laughs> now, today she's going to be sharing with us and talking to us on this episode of Below the Surface Let's Talk Music. She's also going to be sharing some tips on three things that she wished she knew before becoming an entrepreneur. As we're going through all of this stuff with Corona and everything, I think that that might help some persons who are interested in the music industry. And she's been in this industry for a bit and she's been doing phenomenal things. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, well, thanks for that beautiful introduction, first of all. And hi, everybody listening. I am a Saved by Grace singer-songwriter. As you mentioned, I I'm a blogger and have a podcast. It's hard to say I am a podcast host because left to myself, I'm really quiet. But I was called to start a podcast, so I have a podcast. Throughout, I guess, my creative entrepreneurship journey, a lot of people have asked me questions in terms of, like, how do I, you know, sustain my voice singing so many background vocals or just using my voice so much in my career? And they've asked me questions about how do I keep up with content? So throughout my journey, along with, I guess, working on different projects. I have been coaching others, not from any place of authority, but just having gone through a lot of, of learning the ropes myself. I have been called to like coach people along the way, whether that's in voice or launching their own online journey. So that's a part of how I serve. But for the most part, I'm a singer-songwriter and blogger. Okay. So what, what inspired you to actually get into singing and songwriting and blogging? Singing songwriting is something I, I was always doing. And apparently um, I was singing from since I was eight months. I literally cannot know myself without singing <laughs> um, from entering like school competitions. I was actually a part of a group. I never really wanted to be a solo artist. So I was part of a, an all-girl group, which Natalie Burke, she was a, a member. Um, so even in school, yeah, we did like school competitions and... It was, it was an obvious thing that singing was, music and words were like always a part of my life. And I, from since I was small, I wanted to be a singer, a songwriter, and 
a writer. So early o'clock, when I kind of ticked off those boxes by grace, I just realized, even though it was not a conventional career in the Caribbean, as you very well know, far less Barbados. That's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it doesn't have a piece of paper attached to it, it's not really looked at as something viable. But I found that people wanted to pay me to sing. People wanted to hire me to write or to help them write or organize their writing. And it just became my career. I never really was hard and fast that this was the only thing that I would do. I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I was a creatively inclined person. But after college... I didn't really, I didn't finish college, but after college, I got hired to work in the airlines to be an air hostess, which was something I really also wanted to do. And they asked me if I would consider wearing heavy makeup and straightening my hair, like relaxing my hair, which was natural as it is now. And not even as, as open and untamed as I, you know, it was in twists and stuff. And I politely asked if I really had to, and the job politely disappeared. Wow. So I kind of, yeah, the airline disappeared like in three months too. So, Interesting. But that kind of taught me like, okay, my hair is obviously going to be a conversation piece in terms of career. So I realized it's safe to make sure I can always provide for myself and serve others while not, you know, my hair doesn't have to be a part of the conversation. Wow. But that's mm-hmm. so interesting because as, as an, a natural <laughs> hair wearing person myself I mean I've only recently locked my hair I've, I've oh, been a loose natural yes oh, <laughs> <look> sweet. Okay. <laughs> you know juggling those hats plaiting my hair my hair was a three-day process so <laughs> no <laughs> two little bundles to deal with now I was like okay yeah. I, I'm not straightening it because I've never straightened my hair wow. in all my life wow. my mom was a hairdresser and she always said, well, Karina, when you get 16, you can do it. Oh, when you get 18, you can do it. Oh, when you get 21. And she's like, okay, you're never going to do it. Huh? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and it, 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 as a person with natural hair and always feeling free to wear my natural hair, I was one of those ones that on occasion I would wear it big and just let it do its own thing. So to hear that, you know, somebody would be indicating that in a black country, you know, in a like, black country, let's face it, straighten <laughs> let's your face hair it. in order to yeah. fit in. I mean, she was she was very nice about it. She wasn't even like forceful, but it was obvious that I just I had the job. I got asked that question, and then I didn't have the job anymore. And I remember that was you know it it was a wake up call for me. And um, like I said, with music, I even had challenges with my hair singing at some five star hotels. But you find that's mostly with staff. The, the, the visitors do not mind. Obviously, they they pretty much figure that's how you wear your hair. But I got a lot of challenges, but less challenges in music, obviously. So I kind of realized that I was artistically inclined anyways, and I didn't have to compromise like certain things I stood for to you know make a living and do what I love to do. Okay. So then that, that would have helped then to mold you into where you're at right now. I didn't really take it that personally, but I just noted it, you know, like, okay, that's, that seems to be something that's quite a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I did try, I, I have worked for different companies. I've worked as a tour guide, all this to support my music, obviously, because you've got to be innovative as a creative entrepreneur in the Caribbean, and especially at that time. You okay. Know? So um, I worked without selling an orange cleaner, like a cleaning product, okay. <laughs> selling encyclopedias, all different kinds of things that I enjoy um, as a documentation specialist in music libraries. I enjoy that, but I always still knew that 
I was going to be an artist. And shortly after that airline stint, I was working for another company in a small, small business. And one time the boss, who I didn't know very well, congratulated me for um, filing because, girl, I love to file. Any office where I love to file. <laughs> so, so I did, I guess, what was a good job. And he said, good job, and slapped me on my bum. Uh-huh. I left. <laughs> I, I said I sent um I called and sent a message saying I was going to go on two week vacation and I never returned. Okay. So those kind of things were like okay I need to be able to always take care of myself just so that I I don't you know I'm so dependent that I put myself in awkward situations and don't know how to get out. I'm not much of a confrontation person. But you know um, now that you've said that you know there's there's this this idea in the music industry at some points that. It is one of those industries where people could be taken advantage of as well, where as an artist, especially as a female artist, that you can encounter certain challenges when you're going to get your music recorded and that kind of thing. Have, have you ever faced any of those kind of challenges in the music business? No, because funny enough, I mean, you've seen things. I've seen things happen, let's be real. But that particular situation was not, not even a, a creative industry um, job. It was totally like just a basic clerical job. Okay. And so I am really grateful because, you know, I have a lot of musical brothers, people, I guess because of how I carry myself when I'm working. I may, I'm working. It might be music or whatever, and it might be a light kind of environment, but I am working. I'm very focused when it comes to work, and I was trained that way. And so I've been very blessed. I would have to say that I have most of the music musical brothers because obviously it's a male dominant industry which i also don't have a problem with i don't think music industry is is healthy for women on our own but um i have a lot of musical brothers and you know we would have spent so much time doing what looks like tedious things like just sitting down and editing or listening to a drum a drum kit go like for half an hour that um they just kind of took care of me you know they realized that i was kind of on my own supporting myself through music and doing other things and up to this day, they're like literally like my um, like family. So I've seen things, obviously touring, and most of the things you see really are people who are pressuring musicians, not necessarily musicians pressuring other musicians. Right. You more is from band life and tour life. It's more like groupies observing that kind of dynamic. But I have been blessed to be working with many focused musicians who, you know. They're, they're like big brothers to me. Okay. And like you said, they take care of you and make sure that you, you remain grounded and focused. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm just, I'm really grateful. They're like family to me. So. Okay. So have you faced any challenges though, um, being a musician, being a singer, songwriter, especially here in Barbados, we know that that in itself, I mean, Barbados is a lovely country. I, I know we both love it, but sometimes you, you get the thing, like you mentioned earlier, where unless you have that paper, it people don't always seem to take you as seriously as they should. It, uh, yeah, I've had many challenges, but I could definitely say that having traveled my whole life, I realized a lot of those challenges are locational. For the most part, it's like you could travel somewhere else. And I've seen people who would definitely have a rough time making a living here, doing their music. I've seen those people like on big stages in Europe, performing or touring and traveling. So I always had that awareness that it was possible. And I, and I thankfully had that experience of being mentored for years by Eddie Grant and family. So I firsthand 
had like literally an example that showed me, yes, music is a viable career. Yes, you can work from home. Yes, you can have a home studio. Yes, you can travel and leave an inheritance for your children and do things and own properties through music. So I had to make sure that that, I might have been in this location, but the location in my mindset had to be global. Otherwise, I would have given up a long time. Wow. I never wanted to coach. And, you know, I never wanted to. Do, I, I was making music. I, background vocals is something I still have to this day. I have some assignments to do. But I always, I'm aware that songs are keep coming. So I'm also an artist. But in this environment, I might be known for one thing. Whereas if I had made a choice to be and live somewhere else. I may have had a different experience. So you just got to be grateful wherever you are, but also aware that location does matter. But in this world, your location, that first location is your mind. I absolutely love that. So if you tell yourself, why oh, can't I make a living? You know, I can't make a living. Yeah, I can make a living. I can make a great one. And you also challenge yourself in being humble. Not that I've mastered it. Every day I'm challenged by it. But, you know, when I coach somebody, and that artist may come more popular or more known than me and may hire me to do background vocals, I still find just as much joy as when I was in that leadership position coaching them. Okay. Because I, I'm now in a service position and I'm grateful because I love what I do. And part of why I coach is because you get to see people grow and see the joy in them when they recognize that growth in them. So it's, it's just amazing to me. You know, you can learn through them too. So you did play yourself in a pedestal. You just do what you do, put a poor love into it, and make sure that you are grateful no matter where you are or no matter who's at past, who's looking, who's applauding or not. Well, I actually love what you said in terms of even if we are here locally in Barbados to have a global mindset. And I think even now that rings true so much now because because of the coronavirus, a lot of us have had to revamp our thinking. We've had to learn to do things differently. There were people that are accustomed going to events, speaking on stage, and now they had to turn everything to online. Even classes and things had to turn online. And it just shows us how far our reach could go, even though we're still here on our 166 square miles. So I absolutely love that. And I know that a lot of times you hear in Barbados, oh, you give me a struggling artist. And we also, we always look at it from a negative standpoint, whereas we can look at it from a positive standpoint and say, you can be a thriving artist. And I love that you said that you can work from home, you can have your home studio, you can still travel and you can leave an inheritance for your children. You don't have to be working a job that you don't love. And, and most persons that know me know that I'm, I'm an employee as well as an entrepreneur. But my entrepreneurial side has always been the part that's been fighting me because I want to go out there, but I have certain commitments. Don't worry. One of the days will come soon when <laughs> I would be able to fully say that I'm there chilling with Indra and we're able to do something in the studio together, hopefully, you know. Because um, some of you may not know, but she also would have helped me with my vocals. Uh, a lot of people don't know me as a singer. I, I, I don't really put that out there too often. I, I, I prefer to be behind the camera or speaking because, like I said all the time, I love to talk. But uh, up to last year, Indra was working with me and, and I was totally blown away by how she moves, how focused she is, how in tune with her environment and everything that she is and and how humble I know you say that's something that you're working on but you totally helped me to find at least three different ranges of voice that I didn't know existed they were always there you know they were always there when people tell me that it's just I, I thank you and I hear where it's coming from but 
I just see it. I am grateful that I have that ability to see it, you know, or to hear it. And, you know, Karina, the things that we speak over our life are so important because as long as somebody, somebody could come, sometimes people do come and they are at that moment tone deaf. I don't hold on to that because even tone deafness is temporary. It's just if that person believes that, if they can't, I can't convince them, but I know it's temporary. So it's just how patient are you to work through that process? It doesn't mean that, you know, music will be their dominant gift or anything like that. But definitely what you believe, you've got to unlock that that window and that level in your mind and thinking. So when I am coaching you and you may see that change in you, it definitely isn't something that wasn't there. It just wasn't recognized. You know, the light wasn't on. And listeners, let me just say, she's got a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I know one of the other amazing things that I remember that you would have said to me as well when I was saying about not being a songwriter necessarily because I never completed a song. And I remember you were there and you were looking at me and you had this very serious look on your face. And then you said, maybe you should stop saying that you're not a songwriter and stop saying that you've never completed a song and focus on that one song and complete that and start from that one. And then once you finish that one, make the effort to complete three for that given year. I still carry that with me. I still carry that with me. I know there's some that I've recorded entirely on my phone and I've sat down and I've written them out. And all I keep telling myself is, yeah, I can't tell Indra that I haven't finished a song now. Just haven't put it out there. But <laughs> That doesn't matter. It's written. That doesn't matter, you know. And it's, it's not even for, for me. It's for you. Definitely women and I, I, I do this sometimes. That's why I guess I would have to just confess and say I find women put myself in that group too because we could be really rough on ourselves, you know. And especially, like, you've got a family. So even, yeah. you know, saying things or feeling away about being an employee. Listen, you do what you need to do to take care of who and what you need to take care of. It's true. Because it's like, okay, I post my beach pics and stuff on on IG, as you know, and some people will be like, oh, it's so beautiful. And yes, I want to share that beauty that we have here. But I always, I hope you would see it too, that I always put reminders. There's beautiful expressions of creation where you are too. Because women, we can be really celebratory of each other. We can also be kind of subtly competitive. And then we go past being competitive, so pressing on our own selves, that you should be here, you should be, you should have this by this time. And those things are, you know, valid to a point. But what about now? From what do I do from now with the rest of this gifted time that I have? I got to be so guard, I have to guard my heart, I have to guard my mouth. Yes. I have to guard my mind so that even if I'm just in a light conversation with somebody, we say, hey girl, how are you doing? I'm struggling. You're not struggling. You're, you're, you know, I'm not even going to entertain that, even though some people think it's a bit rude because I always kind of check them, even if I don't know you very well. But I'm not listening to that garbage. I'm not going to listen to exactly. you say that about yourself. And I think that's fantastic because, like you said, we women get caught up in our own heads a lot and we don't always verbalize where where we're at and where we're struggling. So for you making that conscious effort, even if you don't know the person very well, to to help them check themselves. Because like I said, that day you could have let me continue to say, well, I'm not a songwriter, but you put me in check as well. And now I I actually believe and I will say, yes, I am. And I had another friend of mine that a time when I wasn't comfortable saying that I was a writer. 
And she said, why do you say aspiring writer? You are a writer. Why are you saying aspiring? You could say that you're aspiring to be a better writer or a more well-known writer, but Karina, you are a writer. And I think simple things like that, that we speak, help to put us in a in a better mindset. So if I say I am a writer, then it allows me to write without judgment of myself. And I, I think that's what we need. So Indra, what would you say is your, your greatest accomplishment that you've had so far since really focusing in on your creative style and, and starting your business in this area? I guess the, the most obvious physical accomplishments, I'm going to leave those for last because, you know, they, they may raise some eyebrows and get some oohs and ahs, but those things, those things, when it really, really matters, they're not the first things. So I would have to say um, still being in business because the other day I heard something I hear all the time. You probably heard it a million times. You know, most businesses fail within the last blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to continue it because I'm not going to accept that as truth. It's a statistic, a popular one. And I just realized, I was like, hmm, that is not not the truth for me. And I'm grateful for that. Correct. So I guess being in business past what they say is, you know, how most businesses last. So I'm thankful for that. Other highlights and stuff would be, I guess, well, for me, also the people that I've worked with. Because as much as they're like friends and everyday people to me, I recognize that they're public figures to other people creatively. So I feel like honored to know, oh, wow, yeah, cool. Um, that I've worked with some pretty fabulous people and noted people. And I guess um, accolade-wise, probably my um, songwriting on the, on the charts and um, some of the people who I would work closely who would have trained me a lot. So, yeah, some songwriting highlights, like um, number ones and number five on like MTV Africa and Billboard and all those things that we can put in the show notes. <laughs> So, you know, this those chart-topping char- stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hearing how humble she is. She's not name-dropping. She's not, you know, she, she really is a humble lady. I, I really love that about you. I don't know what to say. You could drop a, you could drop a, a little name here or there. It's fine. <laughs> <sighs> okay, like, <laughs> well, I said Eddie, you know, <laughs> Because that he's been so influential, him and the Grant family, they literally were so influential. Like literally about 10 years of my life, 21 hours a day, just studio, studio, studio. And having that discipline to just be welcomed in the family, but having that discipline of working meticulously in the studio, that has helped me throughout my life. I can, every single studio session, I'm so grateful that I just had that meticulous experience, but also that real life reminder because... Eddie and his family, they are so extremely humble, but where he has been and who he's rubbed shoulders and whatnot, he, he makes us like the most, the least deal of the things that he's done. <laughs> so it's very hard to give him a compliment. He just volleys it right back up to God. But the truth is, is that, you know, when you mentioned Bob Marley, all those things, that's just, those are just people he knew casually. And for them to have embraced me and schooled me so much and then literally just taught me and invited me into their family. But always one of those key lessons that I remember working with the grants is that anytime a call came, a business call came that just diverted that, you know, that creative vibe when you're ready, and you know, zone, on a roll kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Shut down the studio. We're going outside, going to cut some coconuts, going to roast some breadfruit, or let me go down by NCC and get some palms for the property. And so we always had that 
awareness of what really matters. And that's one of these things that I would like to just share, um, tying into the theme of this podcast episode about what really matters. That's one thing that I forgot at different points because when you love what you do, you could sometimes forget that you got to love you too. Yeah. So, you know, and we can, I can see I did, I idolized. If there was points that I idolized my gifts, even though I knew they were given to me, you know, but I, I can say that. And I could say that, you know, um, the idolize just the industry. And you always have to challenge yourself when you're in an industry that gets spotlight because vanity and pride, those things, they have a way of wafting into the atmosphere. So I like to just do a self-check every now and then in those kind of things. Not that I get it right all the time or often, but I, you have to be aware, you know, of your industry. Music is a very people, you know, it's a very um magnetic kind of industry. Yeah. And he always, Eddie and the family, they always just wore T-shirts, hole in your pants and meeting guests flying for, in from all over the world. But being the most humble person, but when it comes to studio, the most diligent, meticulous attitude when it comes to your work. And I coach my students with that too. When I do take on a rare vocal client in this season, like art as a discipline, it's funny, it's nice and fine to you know study your voice but as long as you're looking to take on a path of creative entrepreneurship, whatever that expression is. If you don't have the discipline or awareness or mindset and attitude to treat that like a career, nobody else is going to. So even when people are laughing, yawning, rolling their eyes, or just looking for somebody else who has a paper with, you know, a certificate in their hand, you need to make sure you take your craft and your artistry seriously. That's true. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I, I agree with that whole wholeheartedly because people think of it as, okay, you're just a singer, but they don't know that you there's certain foods that you shouldn't be eating when you are singing. There's certain... There's certain things that you need to do on a daily basis to train your vocals. Even for me as a photographer, I can't just say, okay, well, I've, I've done photography courses and stop there. I have to constantly be learning. And, and that's what it's about, no matter what field it's in, that you have to constantly be learning, constantly be a student, learning your craft and building on what you already know so far. So I, I think that is fantastic. So before we wrap up, I would like you to tell us three things that you wish you knew before starting out in your business. Um, I'm grateful for all the experiences. So it's hard to say that I wish I knew this. I want to make sure you know, I'm grateful. But things I would definitely share with other people because I like to share my mistakes too. And you can just glean from that what you will. I would say make sure that you remember that your gifts were given. So, you know, don't compromise your character for your career. I would definitely urge you to kind of put that at the core. Don't compromise your character. So Remember, stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. And you really only know yourself when you know who made you. Correct. So I thought I knew myself before I was aware of who made me and that those gifts would give me, not just for me to, you know, do what I want with them, but to serve others well for his glory, not mine. And that changed and changes everything because then there's no room for idolizing it. And I will say, as somebody who, I don't know if I ever told you, maybe you read a blog about it, but girl, I'm even having moments of it right now, but I used to be extremely shy. <laughs> Unless I was around my friends, extremely shy. Um, and I would say, there's not much room for shyness in business. 
And I would also say that if you're really, really, really shy and this is not like, you know, you have, don't have a, a, an emotional condition or anything like that, I would say it's, if it's really, really just profound shyness, gently I'm going to ask if you check yourself and just see if there's any sort of ego lingering in there. Because for me, I found that, you know, you could, it's a kind of subtle way of thinking that everything evolves around you where people are that focused on you. So if you take that shyness away, don't let that shyness sabotage your success in business. That's one lesson I would say, because it did for me in a while. You know, just having tough time networking and those kind of things. I just found a way to do it organically for me so that I wouldn't just get over that shyness without compromising your character. And I guess the third thing I would say is make sure that you focus on your business, but also tend to your wellness. I definitely have to share that, especially... You know, um, let's face it, historically, women, although we were always workers and stuff, we can get very gun-ho about, you know, business is my bay and all this kind of thing. Your business is not your bay. It's not a human. And as much as it might feel like it gives back to you, those things are fumes because a business is not a live organism. So definitely take care of your wellness because it's no point being burned out and want, looking like successful. But when you close those doors, you, you know, you don't want to be yes. <laughs> living as a wreck. It's really. true. And I would say that I, I went through a season where I loved my job so much, but it started to become so annoying because I, <laughs> I couldn't turn off the volume. You know, I, I was expecting that. <laughs> you know, seriously, like as much as, you know, creative arts and stuff, there's that moment when after singing, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that most musicians can identify with this. We love the music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come from a gig, you just have the stereo on, these side fills, everything's so low. When you get in your car or when you go home, you just want quiet. Yeah. You just want quiet. And there's, you're able to, to, to top up and recharge, be refreshed when you allow yourself that quiet. That's true. <laughs> and so I've always been a quiet person, but when I had, I decided that I was working 24 hours because I love music so much. So I would leave home at 4 a.m. to go to a studio, wait for an hour and start at five, <laughs> those kind of things. I realized it was not, it wasn't fun anymore, you know, and I didn't realize why. I thought it was just because I was still struggling with Scott Rounds, trying to make it as a solo artist or whatever. And I really realized it was because I was compromising my wellness. So that's something I'm going to urge, especially as women, because, you know, it's fine and Danny to feel all this this false fused strength of like, I got this and I managed this and I could do this. I got, but there's something beautiful and something intentional that is placed within us yes. that requires quiet, softness, nurturing, you know, whether it's you doing your hair, there's a reason our natural hair takes so long to take care of. There's a reason. So now I'm designing my, my life, my pace and my schedule around the things that I also need to do, which is skincare, going to the beach, taking care of my hair, if that takes three hours, and without apology. Yeah. Because anything else is you might as well go and work for a company you don't like. Why would you build a business or have have you know him build shape a business a business for you where you cannot tend to your wellness, you can't feel any enjoyment. That that's just you don't do that to yourself. So just make sure you can include even if you're working for somebody else, make sure you're not trying to busy yourself or look busy to impress anybody that you are taking care of you however you need to without any sort of apology. I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's true. You've got one life, one life, one life. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to thank you so much, Indra, for taking the time out to come and talk with us to share your experiences. One of the key takeaways that I want everyone to remember, I mean, she's given us so much food for thought, but one of the key things I want you to remember, especially those of us who are still in Barbados, remember that wherever you are, wherever you're at in the world, you can be there locally, but think globally. Remember to be true to yourself. It makes no sense going all out and never being able to refill your cup. You will eventually put yourself out of commission. We need to refuel. We need to recharge. We need to take care of our own wellness and be true to ourselves. So I want to thank you, Indra. Remember that you can check out her podcast as well. It's joywithin.com. And also feel free to subscribe on her, on her channel, follow her. Those of you who are interested in songwriting or vocal coaching, she, I, I totally endorse her 100%. And I hope that you will stay tuned with me when we come out next week. I believe we should be talking about wellness. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. So be sure to check me out on Instagram, Karina Darnell, and be sure to subscribe. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Let's get